The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Nah, 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 come on. On this episode of the Heat Check, we get into the tilt world It is the Sacramento Kings head coaching job. How Vegas is still acting shady about certain NBA bets and why Julius Randle has a brand new excuse about why his play is diminishing from last season to this season. And I tell you what, it is a doozy of an excuse. We also have a quick preview <laughs> of Friday night's rematch between the Warriors and the Suns. So go ahead, Brock, and drop that motherfucking beat. Alvin Gentry, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Tilt-A-Whirl. It is time for you to get all shook up, upside down, Spin you around until you fucking puke all over yourself. Because that is life as the head coach of the Sacramento Kings. It has only been two weeks. Just two. Uh, for Alvin Gentry. And it feels like already a million years. Things have been changing up and down. Alvin Gentry has been the head coach for the Miami Heat at one point. Interim. Detroit Pistons, the LA Clippers, the Suns and the Pelicans. Oh boy, my guy, Alvin Gentry. Good guy has coached nearly 20% of all NBA teams. And yet, and yet, he has never seen anything like what is happening in Sacramento. After just six games, he's already what we would call, I don't know, a slightly broken man. Like, he's slightly broken. He is. When the Kings fired Luke Walton about a year and a half too late, there was speculation whether this team would respond to Gentry, I was skeptical, not going to lie. Like, I didn't think that was going to happen. Uh, you're talking about a guy who was publicly sewered in the Pecune Times, the New Orleans Pecune Times, for his GM giving him all the answers to the test, and yet he still fails. I tell you what, if I was an NBA player and I read that or saw that on social media, I would be skeptical of Alvin Gentry as my interim head coach. But by all accounts, Alvin Gentry is well-liked by everyone outside of the New Orleans Pelicans organizations. The players at this point seem to like him. Which means, of course, ex- exactly nothing. Like nothing. <laughs> Being liked by your player. Yeah, congratulations, you get the popularity award, which... I'm sure there are plenty of coaches who say that that is about as meaningful as 
as nothing, as a lollipop stick with no lollipop on top. Being liked by your players, of course, helps. Not critical to success, though. Not critical. What is critical to success? Act like you're playing basketball. Act like you're playing football. Compete. That's what bothers me. Many of y'all are not competing. I need effort. Compete. Go to class. I just left for school telling these kids, act like you play football. Go on that doggone classroom. Compete. Many of you have lost your competitive edge. Compete. Compete, Sacramento Kings. That's what I need. I need effort. Not for a half. For a full 48 minutes. For an entire fucking game. Not just for an entire game, for an entire 82 games. That is what the Sacramento Kings continue to struggle to do. They compete for an entire road trip, potentially, and then they lose it for the rest of the season. Because mostly, in my opinion, losing creates losers. Losing creates a, an environment, a pool, a creek, a stream, whatever you want to call it, a toxic water ravine where it's just losers upon losers upon losers and then a winner gets into the pond and they're like oh this 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 temperature of this losing water feels warm and comfortable i'm okay with this i'm fine with this especially when the going gets tough because even tristan thompson nba champion is like eh Ah, we're up 20 on the Lakers. And then what happens? Back to the game. So after splitting their first four games against their under their new head coach, including a wild quadruple overtime win over the Lakers, the Kings hosted a LeBronless Laker team on Tuesday night. Halftime. Things seemed to be going swimmingly. Kings had played eh, decent defense. 61-50 lead. An under-special, I might add. And then, and then, the Kings did Kings things. They were Kangs and they were Kangs. They proceeded to be outscored 37 to 15 in the third quarter. Excuse me, what? Excuse me, what? And then followed that up by being outscored 30 to 18 in the fourth quarter. Let me just do some quick, let me go back to math school for a second. Is that 67 points? Did they just give up 67, 67 second half points to a team that can't shoot? And was missing their star player due to COVID? Listen, losing to 25 to the Lakers can happen. That's normal. Losing by 36 points in the second half alone? Oh, yes. Yes, that's delicious. That's the Sacramento Kings I know and love. That is a very Sacramento thing to do. And so at his post-game presser, poor Alvin, poor Alvin, he had enough. He had enough. That's what he had to say. Uh, I guess the very first thing I should do as a, as a coach is apologize to the fans here. They don't deserve what they got tonight. You know, the first half we were, we, we were fine. We played great basketball and we moved the basketball and I thought the pace of the game was great. The second half was a disaster and it was an embarrassment. As the coach of this team, I want to apologize to every, every King fan out there because you do not deserve this. You deserve much, much better. And we'll find guys that will give you better. Can't do that. You, you can't do what we did the second half. And, you know, the one thing we talked about before we came out was, uh, you know, we have to start establishing ourselves uh, uh, from a home standpoint. You know, on the road, we've been fine. I think we're 5-5 five and five on the road. But we hadn't won home games. And it all starts with home games. You know, you got to establish yourself at home. Uh, and then if you can do what we did on the road, 
that's what gives you a good year in this league. But to battle and, and have more road wins than home wins, your fans don't deserve that. Excuse me? What? This man started his presser by saying, let me just start out this presser by apologizing to every Sacramento Kings fan because that was fucking disgusting. You deserve better. I know you guys have been beaten, broken, bruised, torn down for the last 25 years, but this was a new low because we, we are giving you hope. And once we snatch that hope away at the very last minute, there is just something more painful about losing after you're up to the Lakers by 25 points. When's the last time you saw a head coach do that? Sorry, sorry fans for that bullshit you just watched. I don't even know what to say. And he's not wrong. But it was the statement that I enjoyed. Quote, we will find players who will give effort. Oh, boy. We will find... Where are you going to find him? I can promise you this. He does not mean on this current roster. That should make every Sacramento Kings fan very worried. Every Sacramento Kings king in a jersey worried because I suspect big changes are coming. And that probably means Buddy Heald. That probably means Bustface Marvin Bagley. In New Jersey's, you know, new four, RIP, four guard lineup, RIP. And you thought Steven Silas was broken during that 19 game losing streak in Houston? Gentry is currently two and three as a head, as, as Kings head coach, which would at this point make him one of the best head coaches percentage wise in Sacramento Kings history. As we said, Luke Walton's was terrible and still number two. Because that is what Sacramento does to you. It breaks you. I am dangerously close to relegating the Kings to a do not bet status. Like they continue to upset themselves. They continue to upset betters. Celtics, magic because they are just so inconsistent. And that is what Alvin Gentry knows. Will the Kings, the question is really, will the Kings improve under Alvin? Will they improve under Simon? Will they improve under Theodore? I don't think so. I don't think any of the chipmunks could come in here and fix the Kings. Because the question is, really, will the Sacramento Kings stop ever being the Sacramento Kings? No, that remains to be seen. Mike Bibby's not walking through that door. White Chocolate's not walking through that door. Chris Webber's not walking through that door. The only thing that we know for sure, five games in, is that uh, Alvin Gentry is too old for this bullshit. He is Because you know what they say? He's like, listen, fish rots from the head. As an addendum to this, the Kings did go on a road trip to Los Angeles last night. And yep, you guessed it. They beat the doors off the L.A. Clippers 124-115. to What do I make of this fucking team in purple? I don't know. They scored 62 points in both halves. I have no idea what's going on with this team. You can't make it up. The Kings tilt the world, just keep spinning, spinning, and round and round we go. And the only thing that we know is that Alvin Gentry now, every now and again, like that Kings fan sitting courtside, is probably going to have to get off and throw up all over himself. That's probably what it is. Damn. Why the NBA trying to stick me for my paper? Damn. 
Let's talk about the NBA in Vegas just being shady again because that is exactly what's going on. Anybody who's ever played fantasy football knows about the dreaded stat correction. We've all been screwed by a random Austin Eckler yard getting called back after the fact. In fact, at one point, here's a new little story for you. Some poor dude in one of those huge national fantasy contests once lost a full million dollars because the NFL changed the stat an hour after the game ended. It was a sack to Jared Goff. Change to a tackle for a loss, subtracting 1.59 points from his total and dropped him from winner, winner, chicken dinner to six, which means absolutely nothing. The dude legitimately went to go walk his dog because he was hyperventilating from all of the winning that he had just done, all of the money he was spending in his mind. He came back and it was like, no, no, that money's gone now. All that spending, it's a wrap for you. So, yeah, stat corrections suck. Hate stat corrections. And they happen in the NBA, too. Just ask my guy. He's a bucket. He's a bucket. He's a bucket. Kevin Porter Jr. from the Houston Rockets. As an aside, I need KPJ on the show. Like, I need him. No one averaging 13 points a game gets as much love on any podcast as Kevin Porter Jr. Here are my official heat check players I need, Brock. I need them. Find them for me. Alex Caruso, the GOAT. KPJ, Josh Giddy, if you know, you know. PJ Tucker, Marcus Smart, and Dennis Schroeder. I need them. I need them on the show. And as an aside, we go back to this story. In Houston's win over the Thunder, Kevin Porter Jr. was on the verge of achieving his very first triple-double. His teammates knew he was on pace for said triple-double. Steven Silas, his coach, knew he was on pace for a triple-double, and they were all conspiring to get Kevin Porter Jr. his triple-double. So, in the final minute, Theo Melodone bricked a three-pointer with Porter positioned right below the rim. But the ball, however, everybody cleared out. They're like, ISO, ISO to Kevin Porter Jr. Let him get this rebound. But the, the ball went so over his head, the teammate Alperin Shangoon tipped the ball back towards him and Josh Christopher, waving his hands wildly, being like, yo, come and get this ball. Come and get this rebound. This is your triple-double right here, fam. Go get it. And Porter grabs the ball and gets, of course, credited with the rebound. Triple-double achieved. Cha-ching, cha-ching. Plus 4,000 bettors with triple-double bets cashed. Crowd cheered. Kevin Porter Jr. happy. Everyone's happy until the NBA, the mob, and Vegas decided to put their little fucking nose into it. And the next day, called shenanigans on the final rebound. They're like, "Eh, come on now. You guys know that wasn't a real rebound. That That was a tip. And so now, no longer, Kevin Porter Jr. has an official triple double on his stat sheet. I would be livid. Not only would I be livid if I was Kevin Porter Jr., but if I had taken that bet on a lark, there are people who had Kevin Porter Jr. triple doubles from anywhere between 3,500 and plus 4,500 that had their counts debited and then stolen. Taken away. The rumor was that some of the bigger books were simply going to debit existing accounts that they had already paid for the win. I don't know if that... It's true, but I tell you what, if that fucking happened to me 
and I put a hundred dollars and I won almost five grand on a random triple double by he's a buck, he's a buck, he's a, on a random night against nobody. I would riot every day. It would be this is another day to say good morning to everyone, but the NBA, fuck you, NBA, give me my money, fuck you, bet him, nope, fuck you, fan duel, whoever I was betting with that stole my money. Keep in mind this, though. This is from DraftKings' official small print. On occasion, official scorers may issue a stat correction after games have ended, and the official scoring validation process has completed. Pause. What does that mean? Official scoring validation process. These corrections are rare, but can occur days after the game is played. Pause. Days? Oh, fuck no. I will shut my account down, take the money, and never go to your book again. Therefore, any changes to official scoring that occur after contests have been finalized will not impact those finalized contests. Really? Conversely, if a correction needs to be made after contests are finalized due to a bug with the data feed or the quote-unquote finalization process, pause, what does that even mean? While extremely rare, the finalization process, including payments, may be reversed and redone correctly. No, 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 no. Including payment. After reading that, I don't even know what the official status on this is. It's like it won't impact the finalized contestants, but if there's a bug in the data feed or in the finalization process, what is what is a bug in the finalization process? Did he get the triple-double or nah? I think he did. And Kevin Porter Jr. thinks he did. His teammates think he did. The only people who don't think he did are the people who have to pay plus 4500 This is the mob. This is Tony Soprano. All I know is that Kevin Porter Jr. is still waiting on his first triple-double. And somewhere, some Rockets fan, probably some USC fan, shout out to Kevin Porter Jr., USC alum, is going to be betting plus 3500 on that to happen probably for the rest of the year. I swear to God, if I am going to start taking these bets because you know they are going to conspire to get him this for the rest of the year. I would riot. And everyone else, you should riot too. That don't kill me can only make me stronger. I need you to hurry up now because I can't wait much longer. I know I got to be right now because I can't get much stronger. Man, I've been waiting all night now. That's how long I've been on I have heard a lot of excuses uh, from NBA players about why they're struggling. I've heard it all, really. Like, I have never, though, heard it's because I'm too big and strong. I mean, I've never heard that from players themselves. I've heard it from David Griffin's bitch ass about Zion. But I've never had the opportunity to hear a player have the gall to say, I'm not affected. These people are like fleas, like baby ants to me, like fruit flies. Like little peons, so when I go to the rack, they don't affect me, so the ref doesn't call the foul. According to Julius Randle, his recent problems, his recent struggles, are because he's too big and strong to be fouled in the NBA. That's for real. 
In his post-game presser after a loss to the Nets, this is what Julius Randle had to say about the fact that he's just not getting any calls or getting to the free throw line. Tell me, Julius, what is happening? You gotta ask them. I don't know what they're watching or what they're seeing, but you gotta ask them. Uh, but like you said, as aggressive as I play, uh, attacking the paint, um, you know, I can't be penalized for just being stronger uh, than people. Um, and that's the answer that I got today. Julius, from the refs? Yeah. Yeah, they said because certain contact doesn't affect me, like affects other players, because I'm stronger. They, you know, they miss the calls. This might be ridiculous, but are you more prone when you get an answer like that to just like? Um, it pisses me off even more, (laughs) to be honest with you, because that's not how you officiate the game. They have a smaller guy playing a lot, too. Does that almost kind of make it? I mean, you know, with basketball, usually when smaller players are guarding the bigger players, they get away with a lot more. But certain things are just a little bit more blatant. You know, if you just slap a guy, I don't care who it is. Like, it's going to affect them. But like I said, I'm not going to talk about them. I'm just going to focus on uh, continuing to try to uh, block that out, uh, play hard, play with energy, uh, lead my team, um, because I can't let my techs affect uh, being um, effective. Okay, uh, that's one way of, of saying it. To recap, according to Julius, I am too big, too strong, too powerful for these fucking little fleas to look like they impact my shooting motion. So rafts are so blind that they won't even call fouls. It doesn't even register in their mind because I am the fucking Hulk out there. I mean, Julius Randle's a big dude. He's 6'8", 250, mountain. But is his size the reason that Julius Randle is shooting 42% from the field and 33% from three? I mean, probably. He's too big to be shooting those shots. Both way off from his all-star season last year. He's averaging right now under 20 points a game. There is a reason articles like, quote, Julius Randle is the Knicks' biggest problem right now are being published. According to, listen, I'm not going to say that Fred Katz is a legitimate writer, but this is what he wrote in The Athletic. One of the major reasons that Julius Randle has struggled offensively is this. His post-ups aren't as effective as they could be, mostly because of how they start. Randall catches an inordinate amount of entry passes too far away from the hoop in areas where even the best low post behemoths struggle to score. Excuse me? His size advantage is not nearly as useful when he is 15 or 18 feet from the basket. Doesn't appear that being banged on underneath like Zion Williamson has been is the problem. Sounds instead like Julius Randall's shot selection is sus. He wants to shoot step backs like he's fucking Steph Curry and he's 6'8", 250 because nobody is hammering him when he is taking 35-foot threes from the fucking logo. I mean, every single big man in history has complained about this. Not quite to this level of egregiousness. No one, Not even Shaq was like, hey, I'm Shaq Diesel and that's, that's why I don't see it. I'm just too big. Shaq, Kemp, Charles Barkley, they all have legitimate complaints. Zion, Braun, Julius Randle, probably not as much because they shoot Jays. So I'm not saying that Julius shouldn't get more calls. I am saying, though, that his free throws may be down 20% less a game, but that's going from six attempts to five at a time when free throws across the board are way down because of rule changes, because of the ball, et cetera, et cetera. So I get that Julius Randle has the need and the desire for someone to blame, 
But it should really be looking inward because Julius Randle has not been playing well. And face it, what he needs to do is take smarter, better shots, and more importantly, fucking make them. Like, you need to make shots. It's a make-or-miss league. You just got a boatload of fucking money. Worldwide West, Leon Rose, they're making you the franchise player of the New York Knicks when two years ago they were ready to discard your ass. So fucking make a bucket and suck it up, Julius. I love Julius Randle, but please stop it. And once you start making more shots, getting hammered, going from a rebound doesn't sting so much. Just ask DeAndre Ayton. Nobody does it better. I'm sitting here tripping. My mind is blocked. Nate Dogg just spit it, so it's time to concoct. No one can do it better like this All right, since this is dropping Friday morning, we need to preview the rematch of the best regular season game in ages. At this time... Phoenix is going to be visiting Golden State after beating them at home, 104-96, in a game that was, I would say, closer than that. It was back and forth like we talked about on last week's or last episode. So this is like now, to me, getting two Christmases in a week. And then you actually get Christmas on Christmas when you get Clay, which is like another Christmas. So we got four Christmases here. Just because of the Warriors and the Suns. So we broke the game down in the last episode. So what I want to do is talk about a few things to look for in the second game. Warriors D is number one. Our guy Sam Esfandiari from the Light Years podcast, he made a tremendous point. He said that despite turning the ball over 23 times and Steph shooting just 4 for 21, the Warriors defense held the Suns to 104 points when... That really should not be. This is what he tweeted. They only allowed 104. That's insane dis- uh, defensive discipline causing because tur- turnovers plus missing shots would equal transition all game. That's true. And Steve Kerr kind of agrees. He said in an interview that he'd like to see sharper execution from his team, which means better screens, better cuts. Uh, he even said his team's defense was not bad and okay. So basically, he's like trying to motivate them to really step up their game in what was an elite defensive performance. Because if the Warriors can limit turnovers on Friday night, that's going to be a tough team to beat. Especially if, if Steph Curry shows up sober. Like if Steph's not drunk all night long, shooting like, what was it, 10% from the field or whatever it was. If Steph just does a moderately Steph performance and they limit the turnover, they had fucking 20 plus turnovers. Like that is the sloppiest, the sloppiest, sloppiest. Like Brittany Renner sloppy. You know what I'm saying? Like gross. You know what I'm saying? If you know, you know. That's a tease for Monday's episode. So... I think the Warriors should win this game. Easier said than done. On the Phoenix side, I did mention that Mikael Bridges was clamps against against Steph. And now with Booker up, Book Booker out, you're going to see next man up scenario. You're going to see campaign. You're going to see probably Mikael Bridges taking more offensive responsibilities, more Landry Shamet doing God knows what. I don't know. Like probably shooting a lot. If he if he's hit, heating up. Great. Campaign, more Aiton. So gun to the head, gun to the head. I think I like the Warriors at home. Chase Center is just something special. Steph will be sober. He'll be with his wife and his kids. Big game. I expect from Steph. I think I would take his prop again over five and a half threes. And also, Phoenix currently on a back-to-back. They play Thursday nights, which is happening right now. And now they have no Devin Booker. So I give the edge to the Warriors. All I know is it's more popcorn, more nutritional yeast, 
for the second time this week. I'll and hot sauce. I'll bring it for the crew this time. I'll bring it for the crew this time. And I could not be happier. Yeah, yeah, all right, all right, all right. You was right, I was wrong. Yeah, I should've never ever took her home. Yeah. I love being right. I love being right so much. I love being right. It's my favorite thing in life. And listen, I do not want to be misunderstood, but I was right and you were wrong. Like, I don't want to be misunderstood, but I was right and you trolls were wrong. I love some Zion. He's fun. He's a sweet boy. He's got a sweet story. There has not been anyone really with his level of athleticism and skill since, I don't know, like Barkley. Barkley got fat fast, too. Just didn't get fast this fast. You know what I mean? He didn't get fat this fast. But do not try to take me fucking out of context and say I'm happy about this news. I am not. I repeat, I am not happy about the news. But I am satisfied with being right. I am, I repeat, not happy about the news, but satisfied with being right. Zion Williamson being hurt is bad for everyone. It's bad for the league. It's bad for the NBA. It's certainly bad for the Pelicans and Pelicans fans. And you know what? It's bad for the heat check because Zion moves the needle. And when Zion is on ice, we are on ice. I love dissecting how he's applied this new move with Teresa Witherspoon and how they've got this amazing chemistry, him and her, and there's this feminism and NBA coaching, et cetera, et cetera. Instead of talking about his broken toe, which is where we're at now. So Zion, I want Zion back as soon as possible. That being said, I am here to say to all of the idiots in my comment section who tell me I don't know what I'm fucking talking about, Zion's injury, Zion's injury is every bit as serious as I fucking said. As much as I like and love and need to be right, I need it. It's an unfillable well. I like it even less when I speak harsh truths and continue to get attacked. Where are you haters who said I was insane when I said Zion wouldn't be back for Christmas? Where are you? Chirp, 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 chirp. Where are you? Come out, come out, wherever you are. Come out. No, no, everybody thought that the same thing, right? Everybody thought he wouldn't be back at Christmas, right? Yeah, where are you? Where are you? Where are you at to the people who said I was a hater because I had the temerity to say being overweight while rehabbing a foot injury was potentially troublesome? Where are you? Come out, come out, wherever you are. Where are you? Crickets. Chirp, 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 chirp. Where are you? I don't see you. ESPN just broke a story that said this. Zion Williamson's return to the NBA floor has been delayed because of soreness in his surgically repaired fat foot. I mean, right foot. (laughs) The New Orleans Pelicans announced Thursday afternoon. Williamson was supposed to participate in his first practice on Thursday but was held out because of the soreness he had been experiencing the past few months days excuse me my reading is just not where it should be today while not a sharp pain the soreness has persisted the team does not believe it will be a major issue moving forward cap but they are proceeding with caution (laughs) 
Where are you guys at now? Rutrow. Rutrow, Scooby. Did Zion re-injure his foot? No one seems to actually know. This franchise is amazing. They are tremendous. The lies that they try to peddle. Someone needs to hold them accountable. And you know what? Stick, stick, stick. That's me. Everybody praise them, praises Zion. Stick, stick, stick. That's how I am. That's what I need to be. And you know what? I can handle the smoke. Bring me all the fucking smoke when I tell you the truth. And then the truth comes to be. And then where are you at when the truth comes to be? This is the most recent report. The most recent set of imaging on November 24th showed no additional damage. So the team does not believe that there has been re-injury or new injury. Um, Ding, ding, ding. Paging Dr. Crick does not believe... In science, we have a belief. Do, the key word here is does not believe. This imaging was a week ago before he experienced this quote-unquote soreness. Yo, we are being lied to. When they say they don't believe, that, that means that they know that there is. I hope Zion's okay. I hope I'm wrong. No, I don't. I hope he gets back to being Zion on the court ASAP Rocky. But at this point... If they shut this dog shit franchise down because this team has like four wins so far, 20 something wins into the 20 something games in the season, this is probably in everyone's best interest. Best interest for Zion. Listen, whole 30. Uh, there's plenty of time for a New Year's resolution, plenty of time to get this man a Peloton, plenty of time to get him some Nutrisystem, Herbalife. Probably IV treatments, maybe gastric bypass surgery. I don't know. Whatever you need to do to fix this, you have now the time to fix this because this franchise this year is not going any fucking place. This is probably what Coach Willie Green meant when he said, yeah, that's part, uh, that's the biggest part of us wanting to dial back and reevaluate where we are. Uh, we know where you are, Willie. Uh, you're nowhere. You're in the basement. We don't want to put our guys on the floor and put their careers at stake or in jeopardy. <sighs> steak. Did anybody say steak? Sounds good right now. <laughs> a juicy, fat, fatty steak. Maybe some mashed potatoes in a beignet. Sorry, I was thinking for Zion there. All of our guys are too important to do something like that by all of our guys willie green means zion and only zion he's not talking about skinny ass brandon ingram he's not talking about bi i promise you that he's not talking about josh hart he's certainly not talking about Devonte graham he's talking about only zion because the last thing that the pelicans need is another 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 injury setback another 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 injury setback with zion this time maybe one that would endanger their ability to re-sign Zion. I mean his career. Excuse me. I mean his career. And the last thing that I need are idiots on TikTok. I'm telling me that I'm wrong when every single person, if you look inside of your soul, deeply, thoughtfully, without slander about me, because I know that I am one hell of a messenger, you don't like the message because of the messenger, but do not blame me. So when you look inside of your soul, I think you would agree that I am 
as per usual, 100% right. That is all the time that we have for the Heat Check. We will be back Monday evening to recap all the happenings from the greatest league in the world, this league. Do not forget to follow us on social at This Heat Check and at Trista Crick on TikTok and have yourself a fantastic weekend. Enjoy that Suns game. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts.